Cheers. Cheers. And welcome back to the only podcast with the same amount of losses as the Milwaukee Bucks. It's Thurston 10. <laughs> we're undefeated. Undefeated. I'm not sure at what, but we're undefeated. I don't know how many wins we have, but I know how many losses. And that's zero. None. Good for us. You know? So, did I tell you that Montana said I can name the baby after the best player on the Packers? So I hope you're ready to meet Pat O'Donnell Walsh in three months. (laughs) God. I feel so many emotions from that. You know? Like jovial, just happiness, but also sad. Well, it's between Pat O'Donnell and Gary. Gary Walsh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not Rashawn. No, I I think we're going to stick to our Anglo-Saxon roots (laughs) and go with Gary. (laughs) Not Rashawn? Maybe Rashawn. That's Celtic, probably, right? Could be. (laughs) The longest surviving people of Europe, right? The Celts. Sure. Yeah, well. But speaking of the Packers. Brought a group. Yeah. Not doing great. Uh, Was this game on Sunday against the Bills... Was it a moral victory? Well, we didn't have to do shots for it because we picked it wrong. So I'm, I don't know if that's good or bad. I was talking about the Packers, not us. So I don't know. That's <laughs> a, I take that into account. You know, I mean, we're a fan's perspective, so I'm, I'm rolling my account into it too. So I guess it's good that we didn't do a shot. We got it right. <laughs> like, I, like probably it is a moral victory because there was a point when they like fourteen nothing and then twenty one seven. It looked like the Bills were gonna get rolling. Yep. There was like a point too where I'm like, they might hit my score line. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yeah, like coming in, 27-17 is a moral victory. The problem is, if you're at a point where you can have moral victories, you ain't in a good spot. You know what I mean? Like if you're, I don't know what the records are right now. If you're like 5-2 and two and you're like happy at a 10-point loss, you know, that's a different thing. You're not happy at that point. So the problem that we're happy at only losing by 10 to me, is a bad sign, but yeah, coming in, I thought it was going to be bad. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't say it's a moral victory for me, just because this game looked a lot like how the Bucks have won this entire year, where it's like they'll get up at like 15, 20, kind of like let their foot off the gas a little bit, and then like, yeah, like we're playing our hardest, we're fighting, we're clawing, we're trying to get back into the game, and honestly, if this was a playoff game... I think the Bills probably win by about Kick 35 because we had no answer for Josh Allen running the football. We were okay when he threw. We were okay when he handed it off. But when he ran the football, we were lost yeah. once again. No, I think you're right. Definitely them, the Bills, kind of turning down the intensity, I think. Yeah, for them to to only get three points second half. Yeah, three points when we had no linebackers left. Our one linebacker pushed a fan who happened to be on the team on the sidelines. And her other. I thought it was a coach or something. Uh, It was a backup tight end, I believe. Oh. So basically a fan, (laughs) like a practice squad tight end. And our other linebacker, Campbell, has a bum knee. He's already been ruled out for Sunday. But yeah, I mean, just another great performance from Joe Barry in the first half. You know, just showing the world why he was an 0-16 <laughs> defensive coordinator. 
Do you have any thoughts at all about like just the defense in general? Like, is it living up to expectations or? What do you mean? No, no, the expectations I don't think were were I think better, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So should they fire Joe Barry? I think yeah. would be the better question. I don't think they should have hired Joe Barry. <laughs> like you just said, he was zero sixteen. I don't really know the credentials to hire him. You know, I. You know, not my specialty, but I, I don't really know why he was there. There's times where, even in the Bills game, like we're just getting crushed on the run, you know, run defense, and then they'll put like two guys like down, and then they just push our shit out of the way and get seven more on the ground. So I, I like I don't like we come in with a philosophy that gets beat and we just don't change. Yeah, like I don't know, and I think we have talented players. Would agree. Um, I. And it was kind of interesting because the hot topic all week has been, why is Alexander not matched up with Stefan Diggs? And LaFleur gave an answer, which I thought was a thoughtful answer, but I don't know if it's the right answer. Basically what he said is, we play his own defense because we knew Josh Allen was going to kill us every time he ran the football. We want, when you play his own, you get 11 sets of eyes looking into the backfield. Sure. And... I could get behind that if they had completely stuffed the Josh Allen run. Like, if that had worked, I think I would buy that. But they didn't. So I don't really see how it's that difficult to do, like, a box and one almost. You know, like, on basketball, like, when the other team has a star player and you play a zone with four guys, but then man to man against their best player. I don't see, like, how it's that difficult to do, like, 10 guys are playing zone, but Jair Alexander can do. Or can just move around the field with Stefan Diggs. I mean, it seems like a pretty simple solution. It just doesn't seem like Joe Barry really does a good job of putting his guys in a position to succeed. I uh, yeah, I don't think he yeah, exactly. You know, like I I want to see guys in the backfield. I want to see guys shooting gaps. I want to see interceptions. I want to see sacks. I want to see yeah. I want to see more physicality at the line of scrimmage. Or like yeah. you know what I mean. Like I we see like it from Kenny Clark. I mean, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking uh, secondary. I feel like we're like we start way yeah, 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 yeah. far off. Yeah, and I mean, it's just such a conservative. Defense. And I feel like we have like big, like Jair. Like we have like big physical. You know what I mean? And we're just yeah. Too far Douglas away. is a huge cornerback. Alexander has the skills. Stokes is a tall guy. I, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I don't understand it, but utilizing our skills. But I think in a situation like this, in which the defense is clearly underperforming, somebody has to take the blame, and either Gutekunst has to take the blame, because either the players that we got, who we thought were really good, aren't that good, or the defensive coordinator has to take the blame, because the guys are really good, and we're not using them correctly. So I think latter. I tend to agree. I think the players are there, like... One, you know, Gary was one of them, yeah. right? And he's he's proven it this year. I think he's one of the few exceptions uh, where he's in a position that suits him. I yeah. think especially when you look at the secondary, I don't think we're playing to our strengths. Savage, like D line. I think the only thing we do well, kind of, is pressure. Sometimes, other yeah. than that, it's kind of a... yeah. We're just super mediocre against the run. Other than Gary, there's not a lot of guys getting into the backfield. Every once in a while, Kenny Clark will. Every once in a while, Preston Smith will. Um, 
But yeah, like yeah. just a very underwhelming performance on defense. So what do you think it is? You think it's the tools or the strategy? I think it's the strategy. I I really think, you know, you got to have your linebackers shooting gaps. And, you know, like, the goal should be to get after the quarterback, right? That's when you get mistakes. That's when you get interceptions. That should be the goal. Yeah. And if, you got to stop the run, too, though. And I feel like sometimes we just don't – we just be getting pushed sometimes. Yeah. Especially, like I said, we come out just getting run down with that, like, two-down look. I hate it. I scream every time I see it. Yeah, I mean, especially the first down. Because linebackers just get put. They just get... They have three offensive linemen then who don't have to block a defensive lineman. So, you know, yeah, our linebackers are going to have to fight off a block. So, Speaking of Gutenkunst, he had a job to do this week. Potentially. He didn't do anything. So, what do you feel about the Packers standing pat at the trade deadline? I don't like it. I think I'm probably in the majority right out of that. I think that was kind of the the criticism across the world, I think. You got to <laughs> do something. I guess, I don't know, are you just admitting that it's unsalvageable at this point? Because I think some wide receivers moved. Some guys moved for not that much as far as like draft capital. You're talking really late pick, sixth, yeah. fifth round or something. So I think, and that's what I think I would have addressed. Wide receiver, probably. Yeah, for First sure. First and foremost, like, no no one's trading, like, linemen, really. I think I would have done something. I don't like not doing anything. I know it's football, and for a long time, like, teams really didn't trade. We're, we're to a point where we kind of expect trades, but I wanted to see something. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, the Moore brothers, DJ and EJ, both stayed Stop. pat. One on the Jets, one on the Panthers. Um, a little bit surprised by that. I thought yeah, both DJ were going to get traded. Yeah, then might have. Well, the helmet thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that one was well, controversial. Yeah. So, uh, I thought they would get moved. I thought Brandon Cooks would get moved. There, there was a few guys who I thought would be attainable. I'm sure they were, but the Packers decided right. not. to I mean, do there that. were a couple that moved that like um, that I feel like were attainable that moved for. I mean, Claypool was a second-round pick. Kadarius Tony a third-round pick, though, and a six-round pick. So, I mean, you're right. So we just didn't want to pay the price? I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was GM, Chase Claypool would be a Green Bay Packer right now. I 100% feel like there's a package that you could have put together to get him. I know the reasoning given through sources, you never know if they're reliable or not, was that... Both the Packers and the Bears offered a second-round pick, and the Steelers decided that the Bears' second-round pick was going to be better value than the Packers. Like I could see that, but that, that paints the Packers well. You know, like we tried yeah. the old, you know, like when the when the Brewers put in an offer that's just not enough, and it's like, well, we tried our best, yeah. like the old tried our best deal. But I mean, there has to be a way, like a second and a fifth, something like that. Sure. You know, like I, f- I feel like at some point. You're either find that other piece, or you're you're saying this year isn't it. Otherwise, you gotta get it done. I'm gonna make a bold claim right now. If you don't think there's talent enough on this team to win right now, then Jordan Love should be playing quarterback. I still I still think that's a bit too bold. Okay, I don't think it is. I think it is. I think the the line you gotta get the line before you can before you can switch quarterbacks and it does anything. 
also because you're like not even a year removed from the MVP. Okay, but like, if they if they can't win this year, you need to see like what they have for the future. And the other thing about the line is Rodgers, like, I don't know what happened over this offseason, but he turned into a statue this offseason. He's made out of marble right now. Sometimes, I feel like that's when he gets shocked. You know, the rush comes too fast, he can't react. So he'll be rolling, and then it's just, you know, he usually just gets sacked after that. But I'm still thinking it's line issues. Like, we, like Love's not going to do too much more with this line. Well, I, I what do you think... want him to do? I think you and the receivers do... too. We've had drops. Like everyone's had their mistakes. Yeah. I think if I'm, I get, I get what you're saying when you're like, I want to see what I have. I think he needs to come in with a fresh start. Well, I mean, maybe at some point we'll see him this year, and that's when it's really gone. But he's only got yeah. one more year under contract, though. So then maybe it's next year, his whole year. I... But we'll get there when we get there. But I what happens... right now, I'm not. It's not the problem. He's just gonna be in his ass. But what happens if Rodgers says, I don't want to go out like this. I'm playing one more year. Then it's like you completely wasted Can you trade him to the Colts and they get another bad old guy, okay? We're used to that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Wait, the Packers don't trade. Oh, yeah, we definitely won't make a trade. But to me, you need some mobility. You need somebody who you could potentially, you know, roll out of the pocket. I don't think that's Rodgers anymore. You know, like somebody who no, can maybe avoid the rush. You also need a pocket. But I mean, you know, like I'd rather have the young guy out there. If if this team, if this front office doesn't think we can compete, the the, the problem isn't the quarterback mostly. It might be one of like a small problem in the list of problems. But I think line first. All right, know? I'm gonna give my hottest take right now on Thursday Uh-oh. ten history. We sizzling. The hottest take. Here we go. If the Packers lose this week to the Lions, it'll be the last game Aaron Rodgers ever starts for the Green Bay Packers. I think they make the move. And that's it. That's it? Am I wrong? I hope so. (laughs) I said if, not they will. Yeah, I think you're wrong. That seems just too much to handle. Like I said, no. I think Rodgers plays... This year. The problem isn't the quarterback. He's still the MVP. Reigning, defending. Okay, until they pick Josh Allen. <laughs> it's still Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now, I don't know if I LaFleur... I don't think yet. I don't know if LaFleur has the stones to make that move. You gotta get the line pieces. But, He's still gonna be in his ass. I'm sorry, it's not... At a certain point, you gotta give him a shot. And... To get B on his butt? But... I'm over that. I'm over this. What do you got? What, the score this week? So, Packers, three and a half point favorites over the Lions. Lions have lost five in a row. Packers have lost four in a row. Somebody's streak is wow. coming to an end. They could tie. Jesus. It might. <laughs> but who do you got? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I feel like the Lions, no pun intended, they scratch and claw in their games because um, they're cats. And so I, I could see them winning, but when I'm in doubt, when I really have no idea, I guess I'll, I'm going to go the Packers. I'm going to go 24-17. to 24-17. Yeah, I'm going to shoot out. <laughs> I am going to go Packers. Okay. All right. We're probably both wrong. 27-26. Woo! 
in a game. What is this? A shootout? Nope. In a game in which the Lions score to make it from 20 to 27 to 26 27, they're going to go for two to win the game and not get it. Wow. What? That's my bold prediction. Three bold predictions. Why are you so bold tonight? That Jeremiah Weird. You're bold and going. Jeremiah Weird. Jeremiah Weird. (laughs) But yeah, three bold predictions for the Packers. Wow. And probably none of them will hit. Are you getting a nickel for every bold prediction or something? What do you got? What kind of deal you got? Uh, Captain Morgan. Oof. Yeah, they're sponsoring me now. Wow. You didn't get that email? What the fuck? Come on, seriously? (laughs) No. Uh, CC me on that, dog. Um, so speaking of football teams that have been slightly underwhelming, the Wisconsin Badgers. So let's just take like a macro approach to the rest of the season. Wow. They, you know, they're four and four. Yeah. They could go four and eight. They could go eight and four. They could go six and six. They got to win two more games. In order to make a bowl game, so what's your what are your thoughts on how the rest of the season goes? Um, the the season to this point's been really unpredictable. So honestly, it's really tough for me to predict, and I feel like everything that I say is gonna be wrong. So I kind of just want to say they lose them all, and they probably win them all. <laughs> but because uh, for me, Maryland's a toss up. Cause like six and two, I'm looking at that. I'm a little scared. Yeah, I'm Mar- a little Maryland's scared. Good. Um, but like they played Northwestern close. A lot of their games are close unless they beat you know teams that were much smaller. And so to me, that's less impressive. Wisconsin hasn't impressed me a lot. So I, this is to me is one of the the tosser ones for me is the Maryland game. So I'm gonna go. They beat Maryland. Yeah, and they beat Iowa. Okay. I think honestly, I think. They beat Nebraska and they lose to to Minnesota. So three and one the rest yeah. of the year, seven and five. And I'm not very confident. I could see two and two. Yeah, so I feel like if you look at the tenure of two games so far, three games so far, of Jim Leonard, they should probably be three and all, right? Instead they're two and one. Sure. They lost yeah. some double overtime, their one loss mm-hmm. in East Lansing. They beat the crap out of Northwestern. The Purdue Purdue game really... Slide back in there. Yeah, the Purdue game wasn't as close as the schedule makes it look. They're a team who's playing pretty good football right now. And, you know, it's a game, like I said, like Maryland is a game that you would have predicted them to win beforehand. You know, before the season Mm -hmm. started. Yeah, yeah. It's in Madison. I think it's really just setting up that you would expect them to win this game. It seems like they're now being held more accountable ever since they fired Paul Christ. Um, On top of that, the weather seems to really be favoring the Badgers in terms of like just this game, obviously. Can't predict the weather for the next four weeks. (laughs) But if you can, um, yeah. (laughs) um, So there could be wind gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Um, going to be a little bit colder tomorrow or today when people rain, are listening. Say, sure. Rain. This is the type of game in which you're going to have to run the football in order to win. And when you look at how Maryland is set up, they're set up as more of a passing team. I, I think that bodes really well for the Badgers. I'm going to make my fourth big claim of the week. 
Yeah, fourth. Oh, where is he? And that's a little bit of a teaser. Oh. I think they're going to go four and zero and finish the season wow. eight and four. I, I, mean, I think they're playing better football than the record indicates. I, I know I said three and one, so that's not that big of a difference. But like I said, that's a little. It's a little unconfident. I don't know how confident you can be this year. Yeah. How, I, how confident can you be when you start the year with one coach and end with another? You know what I mean? Like you just can't be. We're confident. We're not, we don't run the ball like we use. I'm not even confident in the fact that the rain benefits us in the cold, benefits us as much as we think it does. But the second coach was also, you know, the heir apparent. It's not like Matt like, LaFleur just Jim. got fired and like they're going Jim. to Joe Barry. But you weren't. You were not like, well, we're gonna lose. We're gonna fire Paul later this year. Yeah, so I just there's nothing certain this year. Yeah, uh, for there's sure. none of the games are even like I'm definitely sure we're gonna beat, <laughs> even Nebraska. Like I'm pretty sure we're gonna beat Nebraska, but you know. And I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had a time machine and I could go one month into the future, and future me was like, dude, we go zero and four, like it wouldn't like blow my mind. I wouldn't be like, how in the world could that happen? I'd just be like, oh, right, yeah. I should have yeah. said zero and four. Should have yeah. known. <laughs> but you know, on the flip side, <laughs> if future know. me like came in from the time machine. I was like, they go four and zero, and they win every game by forty eight. Are you sure? I'd be like, is this the like multiverse where he came from one of the futures <laughs> that probably isn't this future? It might be an episode of Rick and Morty, but oh damn it, they do everything. What are your predictions? So the Badgers are a five point favorite. I feel like we've already said this, but let's reiterate. Let's get an official sure. one yeah. on the Badgers, show. Badgers, Badgers. Uh, give me a score, Maryland. Give me. I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen. It's gonna be a close one, so I think it's not. It's within the five, but uh, Badgers get her done. Uh, so we both agree that Maryland scores seventeen. Ooh. I think the Badgers score twenty-one. Twenty. Oh, one more. You, you price <laughs> the is price right is me. right. You Bob Barker and me. Uh, I think the Badgers goals. win and Maryland covers. So let's talk about the most fun team in the state. The Milwaukee Bucks. Admirals. Oh, Bucks? <laughs> All right. So what has surprised you most about the Bucks 7-0 and start so far? Kind of that they're 7-0. and No, I, like, I, it's not that I don't think they're that good. What I'm surprised is with the injuries coming in, that especially in games where they kind of like start kicking that ass and then they end up being close, is that they're still able to find those guys that hit the clutch shots without Pat and Chris. Yeah, so I honestly, what I think has been most surprising about this NBA season, especially in the East, is the teams that we kind of thought were going to be really good. So like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Boston, yeah, have kind of sputtered a little bit. Sure, but teams like Cleveland have been really good. Steve teams Nash like Atlanta gone. have been really good. So what's surprising me is like we're kind of like the team that's bucking the trend right now. <laughs> no pun intended. Really? Yeah. You didn't intend that? No, man. Zero no, percent intended that yeah. one. That's like what surprised me. Obviously, we're kind of the proven. We're, we're like the target back then. Yeah, and I yeah, mean, I don't think Miami's that's a bad thing. Favorite. No, no, I think we're ready to take that on now. I mean, to be the big dog, the big deer. I mean, Giannis has actually found a way to be better this year. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. think that was even possible. Mm-hmm. He seems to be looking 
he seems to be looking for his teammates a little bit more, which is surprising because, you know, he hasn't had Chris or Pat to pass to. Um, mm. But, yeah, Giannis has looked absolutely incredible. What do you think the ceiling is for this team? In the regular season or, like, what Just do you overall. There's only one ceiling, right? Yeah, but... The ceiling is the Larry O'Brien, right? The championship so, is the only ceiling, I think. Well, I, and I'm, I'm not really, saying it's like guaranteed or anything. I'm just saying like the only ceiling when you start seven and zero and you're a contender anyway, a deep, very, very deep playoff run. My very deep I mean, finals. Yeah, and I mean, I I think this is the type of team that could really like make a push for you know possibly the greatest team. In Milwaukee history, which mm-hmm. okay. you know that seventy-one team's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. You started with the greatest team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not gonna quite match the I mean, ninety-six that one, the Bulls. Twenty-four what was at the the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. I I mean maybe that team didn't win it though, did they? Didn't they lose? Didn't no, they... but that was like that team was a revolution. Yeah, the team started everything. I mean, that was the team that, that, team had that the gave us confidence. Lead. I think that we were though, like. But yeah. you know what I mean? The way that we were so hot and like untouchable, that team I think made everyone believe before we really believed. Yeah, so we, that was the twenty-four and one year, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were the one, and then I think we played Sacramento the following night and lost by twenty. Well, so. you know, <laughs> a king and a miss. So yeah, um, are you concerned at all about their shooting, or are you just under the impression that like? Pat and Chris are going to fix that. I don't. I don't want to say they'll fix it, but I think adding some. I think adding them will help. I don't think I'm too concerned overall. We've seen people get hot. And that's so, what it takes. On Wednesday night, even though they won by 26, it's hard to believe, but they went two of 19 from three point range in the first half. Now every team's going to have their mm-hmm. bad nights. Every team's going to have their good nights. But I do question if maybe this team could be a little bit better if they did add one more shooter before the trade deadline. I, well, isn't Joe Ingles that guy? Yeah, and I mean, you would hope you that. You know, I mean, like in January, he's a shooter. Like, what else? I don't know what else he really provides. Shooter. Um, I mean, he can run the offense a little bit. He can talk shit and shoot. Yeah, talk shit and shoot, <laughs> but... Shooting shit, baby. That sounds like an Aussie. <laughs> Just straight up. So, I mean, so the... He kind of adds that. Yeah, and I mean, I... I we can just not do t- anything at the trade deadline. Packer style. <laughs> every team could always use shooting, so... That's true, that is true. Um, so, who is your hashtag thirstiest player of the week? You mentioned him before. I think it goes by the name of Giannis Adetokounmpo. The Greek freak for me, and he's probably going to be... The thirstiest player of the week a lot on here. But somehow, like you said, getting better when you thought that even he was at his highest form. Uh, 33.6 points per game to start the season. Um, and some huge rebound nights, like that 17 rebounds the other night. So, gotta go Giannis. I know it's the, it's the easy pick for sure. The low-hanging fruit. Yeah, like you like to do usually. <laughs> Um, if you're gonna go Giannis, give me the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
Give me Drew Holiday. He's been absolutely incredible. He started off really slow his first he couple games. He did a little bit. Giannis right. was so good it didn't matter. Drew's picked it up a ton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at that. 20s, a little 30 in there against the Hawks. And honestly, like when this Bucks team... Assist? Couple, few, few 10 assist games? Yeah, when this Bucks team is at their best, it's when they're, they have that hierarchy almost, that totem pole of Giannis as the first option. Middleton is the second option, and then Holiday as the third option. Yeah. And obviously then Lopez is fourth, and then right. whoever else is in the game is well, fifth. Well, that's purring. That's hard to stop. Yeah, that's very hard to stop. That's a runaway train. And that's really like what they were missing last year against Boston. They didn't quite have their second option. Giannis was still incredible. Right. But yeah. they just needed that second option. He's going Super Saiyan. So, um, when Drew can be that third option, I think he's even better. They can't handle the Drewth. So, yeah. It's been proven. Thirstiest player of the week. It's been proven. <laughs> so, not us. I, I mean, it is a funsies topic. Jerk. But it's not quite a funsies topic. Not yet. Still sports related. Uh-huh. Uh, World Series. Tons of storylines. Baseball. Five home runs yeah. in one game. Ugh. Lance McCullers wow. might have been tipping his pitches. I hope so. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, what the fuck? Do you think he was tipping his pitches? Like, wh- what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. You know, because I didn't have the iPad that they were looking at, and I don't have the, like, I'm not a hitting coach with all the, the metrics and this stuff. So, I mean, I, I like to think from five home runs, and I, I don't know how often that happens in a World Series game, I have to think that maybe. You know, and I know that he was kind of like a breaking ball, fastball guy. And so if you're just guessing right, looking for a location, but five? Crazy. So I think maybe maybe they were seeing something. So I believe McCullers throws off speed, so curveball, changeup. Nice he throws about 85% of the time. Yeah. And I think like what really brought out the pitch tipping was, I believe it was Schwarber. Who hit a first pitch fastball? So maybe he was. He saw the same thing that he saw. I thought that because, like you said, he's like he's like a high percentage curve. He's like a Bronson Arroyo ball guy. That I figured that they were like he's going to try and trick me with a fastball, and they were all kind of like high middle, you know, especially like to Harper. You know, you're thinking he's probably going to throw a curveball. So Harper's like, I'm going to sit fastball, and he threw it high middle. Like he didn't. If he was tipping it, he didn't help by fucking grooving him. So, yeah. you know. So, the other big storyline, uh, the combined no-hitter. Yeah, I is, mean, but the fact that that followed five home runs, and then just to not get a hit after that, but then just to get a home run, then the next... So, is there, like, almost, um, like, when I know what's coming? You know, it's almost like, like when you're playing a video game on easy, then you're like, oh, this was too easy, so you bump up the difficulty to hard, <laughs> and then you just and die then I get, instantly. That's actually frequently my experience. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> Is that like what I don't. Happened? I bump it up to normal, actually. <laughs> I start at easy, I go... Okay, this is a, I, I could do this, and then I go to a normal, I could get just crushed. <laughs> but, uh, so are you thinking it's just, then, is it going to be a kick in the other way? Just a rubber band, it's just a rubber band each way? So, I mean, is a combined no-hitter, is it more impressive or less impressive? Less impressive than a no-hitter for me. I tend to agree. Like, um, to me, it still takes, like, guys being hot. Because, like, how many times have you seen, it, like, a pitcher is getting a no-hitter, they take him out. 
whatever reason manager has his reasons always does. And then the guy comes in and like gets bombed after that. Yeah. So it takes like a it takes a certain mojo, a luck, a preparedness to come in and, and to continue that. But I still think for one guy, you know what I mean, that'll be what? When they take him out sixth inning, seventh inning, whatever. So to me it takes it's more for it's more impressive for one guy no hitter, but uh it's still pretty impressive. Especially in the World Series. And I mean, I've seen pitchers who were just absolutely electric. You know, like, it didn't matter who was batting that day. Nobody was getting a hit off of that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, like, when the Brewers got no hit in, like, 2005 against Justin Verlander. (laughs) Like, nobody was getting a hit off of that guy that day. But when you have the combined no hitter, and I believe the starter went six innings, and then three innings of bullpen, at a certain point, like, Maybe your offense was is just good. bad. Was it's more hard. like bad offense than great pitching when you have that know. type of, you know. Javier, uh, was that Javier? Uh, he was doing pretty good. Yeah, so who started and went six? Because I know they had somebody go six and then. But yeah, I mean, like like I said, like at a certain point, it's bad hitting. Mm. Unless, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, maybe. No, I don't know. I think sometimes... All the guys come in high. Yeah, Christian Javier. And then Abreu, Montero, and Presley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That's I mean, a really good closer. And I mean, you know, it's one thing, like, when it's, like, the Corbin and Burns goes eight. Your, you have... You had a five-run lead, where you got a big lead. You get to use all your high-leverage guys. Yeah, and, you know, it's one thing, you know, like, when you have Corbin Burns go eight, Josh Hader go one. You know, that's only two guys. Sure. But to not be able to hit any of... Four, yeah. You know, like at a certain point, that just looks like bad. They offense. blew their load. They blew their load on the five home run night. Yeah. Any chance at all that Philly comes back? It's sure. three to two. Yeah. Houston. There's a chance, absolutely. Both games are in Houston, right? Sure. I don't know how much you know. I I think. I it mean, was... the Philly was crazy, but I I still think that offense. I mean, there's a lot of potential to get really hot. The Phillies always have a chance. I, I do think it goes seven. I think Houston wins. Um, I think Houston's just the all-around better team. Yeah, I think if Philly wins, obviously if they don't win, then they don't have a chance to win. <laughs> but it's like if they win, like then I don't know. That team of momentum is dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I I can't see Houston losing two at home. So, yeah, I, I think Houston's going to win. Oh, now you want to pick the yeah. <laughs> Um But either way, I think I have to do a shot because... We already picked the Dodgers. We did a shot for that. But, yeah, you know, so. We'll get, we'll get you another one, don't so, worry. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all we have that's for it, you guys. Wow. Just sports, wall-to-wall. Wall-to-wall sports. The only show in all of Wisconsin that only talks sports. Woo! It's Thurston10. Follow us on Twitter at Thurston1069. Nice. Peace.